when the week doesn't go great, you grab a mop and bucket and you try not to hurl throughout the rest of it. Kate and Joel call in the ring. How you doing, Kate? Good. That wasn't that was a Winston Churchill quote you just said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm, uh, I'm not good. I don't know why I said good. We're both walking disasters this week. It's fine. Oh my god. We're gonna make it, Joel. <laughs> Holy shit. Where do you want? I mean, let's, listen, let's just start with it. So Wednesday night, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna watch Dynamite. Everything's cool. We got it. We 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 had um we we were cleaning up our apartment because there was enough going on and stuff is basically stuff is everywhere so we're like we got to clean up and we're going to do a proper cleaning blah 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 and like i'm like okay i'm going to clean up my office i'm going to listen to dynamite i'm going to watch dynamite i feel like garbage and i turn to my wife and i'm just like gonna go lie down for a bit i think i'm done i'll wake up early i'll go do it i lie down and the next thing you know i was but he didn't get up early. <laughs> yeah, I got up every 20 minutes because I had food poisoning, which Oof. I think was self-inflicted in that it was from something that I made. But Oh no. Yeah, we we got these um these ch- like frozen made chicken egg rolls. Of course, even if they're pre-made, you can still get sick from them from remaking them. So uh of course, I think yeah. that's what it was. And it just sucked. Getting that sick. I've never been that sick in my entire life. And I just, I, I couldn't do anything about it other than just be very sick. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It's rough because there's there's also just nothing you can do, which is like, for me, that's the worst type of sick. Because I'll if I go to the doctor and he's like, do these eight things, I'll do those eight things. And then, you know, the implication is that you'll feel better with food poisoning. It's like keep drinking water and wait it out. Like it's, it's awful. It's awful. I got uh, food poisoning from sushi, I think twice from different places. And it's just terrible. And I was like, how did this one little roll ruin my life or two little rolls ruin my life? So glad you're feeling better now. But yeah, that's just the most helpless type of sick. I feel like there's just nothing you can do. (laughs) It was absolutely wild. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't move that night. And then the next day I was a zombie. I felt so bad. My, my wonderful partner had to take care of our kid for like the bulk of the day. And she had already taken care of him for like the entire weekend while I was in Montreal for elimination chamber. Aww. And she was just a saint and she sent me to bed early. She sent me to take a nap and I slept for three and a half hours. That's uh, the Thursday. And then I, handed off impact to Rob again. And he did a great job, but like, I felt so bad. Cause like, I couldn't do my job. I couldn't function. I couldn't be a dad. I couldn't be a husband. So I was like, this sucks, man. I couldn't watch the wrestling that I wanted to watch. <laughs> so like, you well, know, wiped, he was wiped out. I couldn't do shit. It sucked, man. It's rough. We're here. We're good. How are you, Kate? You, 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 you oh, know? I'm a disaster. But that's fine. <laughs> is this, is this with Kate and Joel now? Is <laughs> Kate and Joel call it on the couch is the new name of the show. Couch time with Kate and Joel. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm. There's nothing in a in a sincerely wrong way. Just some very chaotic stuff in my personal life, including my sister has long COVID, and I feel like it's a very under, like underutilized conversation. I don't want to say underutilized, but under talked about thing, I guess, because there's a lot of people suffering from it. and everybody's recoveries are different and weird. Uh, but there's a lot going on in the world right now. We're sh- like shooting down UFO type things. We've got, but there's a lot happening. 
so I guess there's other conversations, but she's just, um, she's been just through like a lot in her life. And then long COVID is just chronic pain. It almost maps like an autoimmune disorder. So I went over this weekend to help her out with uh, just like some, just some basic stuff. And what was funny was she thought she was going to be moving because she had like a COVID special on an apartment, a really, really nice apartment. You saw it. I did place, you saw it. it was a really Great nice place. place. Um, but when she did the numbers, like moving would have cost just as much. So, and she doesn't like love being in midtown Manhattan. People who actually live there generally don't. Um, she is closer to the park a little bit North, which is beautiful. And her apartment's great. Um, so I thought I was going to go over there and we were going to be like trying to find her a place and whatever. And it turns out she ended up staying when she did the math of what it would cost to move versus just to, just to stick it out. And she's in a really supported environment there, which is great, but it's been a really long road, uh, for, for her. And I was happy to help out. It just, you know, it was like cleaning and chores. It was very, um, very like Cinderella chic weekend for the both of us. But what was fun was, um, I saw the Friday night show to do. I still had Rampage and SmackDown to review on the post. And she has been subjected to wrestling. She doesn't like it. She cannot handle any... She's not, like, great with any violence. But, like, if she saw a John Moxley match or if she saw, like, any hard... She would lose her mind if she had seen thumbtacks. But what was fun was... She recognized um, Sami Zayn because she had seen parts of Breaking Ground when she and I lived together. Oh, wow. And she was like, oh, I remember him. And so I got to tell her about this story. And she kind of started to get it in a way, um, like the the art form part of it a little bit. And then when Rampage came on, it opened with Aussie Open and the Young Bucks, or she called them the Green Team and the Silver Team. Like it was Legends of the Hidden Temple, which popped me tremendously but she was like really impressed by the athleticism. And then she watched up until um, most of Rampage. She loved, of course, loved Willow Nightingale because I raised her right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was fun. It was like the first time she kind of had sincere emotional reactions to what was happening. But there was this really funny moment where she, um, House of Black, like the lights went out and they didn't appear yet. And she was like, oh, my God, what happened? And I like explained to her. And then the second time it happened, she was like, oh, my God, what is with their gear? Like, she was, like, <laughs> totally kind of, like, freaked out and spooked by them. And when the third time happened, she was like, oh, my God, we get it. And then she was like, oh, my God, they disappeared. So it was really, if you're wondering who the three lights outs are for, it's for people like her. It was really, really fun to to calculate her reaction. So um, uh, quite a, not like the, the most... Uh, restful weekend but that was a really fun piece of it was to uh see her kind of genuinely reacting to so any anytime someone's watching wrestling sincerely for the first time is a fun time i feel like yeah that's wild i love talking to people outside of the bubble right we're all like i look at the chat and hey how are you we'll, we'll go through the plugs in a second but like you know there are a lot of people who are pretty familiar to us and we know that y'all engage with us and we love it but like it's so nice once in a while when you get outside of the super fan wrestling fans and we talk about, you know, the, the other fans, the other wrestling fans who uh, see it differently than maybe we do. They're not as plugged in. They're not as like super connected as we are. So uh, that that's always so much fun. I, I told a story on um, Tim and Joel last week when Tim and I talked about 
our experience where there was a guy that we were sitting with at dinner before Elimination Chamber, a friend of a friend who got back into wrestling after the 2002 Royal Rumble. So he watched the first, his first PLE was the last Royal Rumble. So 2023, because he, he, he knew Elimination Chamber was coming. So he came and he watched it and he got back into it and he was like super on board, super excited. Sami Zayn's going to win. It's going to happen. Oh my God. I'm so, and I was like, God, oh, no. <laughs> God bless. And, and, I, but at the same time, like I seriously mean it because I want those passionate fans to exist because without them, we're all just a bunch of nonsense talkers shitting on things we don't like because sometimes we don't see past our own subjective view. For I, for one, have never been negative about anything in wrestling, no, not once. especially on Tuesdays. Never. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Tuesday was was a guy who uh, who spoke to me today. Did you see this? You didn't see this. First of all, let's 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 just get this out of the way. Hey, friends, how you doing? It's good to see you. You can leave a thumbs up on this video. Go ahead, thumbs us up. Say hi if you're in the chat. It's always nice to see you. Tell your friends about us because Joel and Kate are uh, are here to stay. No, screw that. Okay, give us a thumbs up because Joel was puking. I'm assuming. Oh, I don't yeah. even want to know what was coming out the other end. I'm I'm a walking possession. Leave a thumbs up Kate, out of pity. Kate, I'm going to tell you right now. I, without, I'm not going to get too gruesome. At one point, it was coming out of my nose. Oh no! Oh, that's the worst. It may, that brings me back to being like eight. Did you ever have that? Like, I feel like when I was a little kid, I would do that because you just like have no control over what's happening. I don't even know. It was just. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, "This is not right. Nothing is right. Everything." Leave a bad. thumbs up for people. This man was puking out his nose a few days ago. I'm not even pretending this is for anything other than pity today. Leave a thumbs up. <laughs> That's <laughs> subscribe to us here at Bible Overbooked because God knows we want you to keep watching us. And uh, you can do a super chat. We got a couple already. Thank you so much. We're going to get into them in a sec uh, and support us here at Bible Overbooked because those super chats get everyone paid that are not named Joel or Kate. So uh, go ahead and do that. And our Overbooked is open. Links in the description. We talk about wrestling. Sometimes I argue with you because I'm bored uh, or because I genuinely yes. want to tell you that you're wrong uh, or lovingly so. Again, our our friend Doc starts ketchup on mac and cheese is gross, Joel. So here's the thing. I got I woke up this morning, I just had a thought. It's like, hey, mac and cheese. I, I don't have an answer, by the way. I you said had food poisoning less than a week ago, and you're out there throwing ketchup on mac and cheese. So it's not me. I didn't say yes or no. I just said, what do y'all think? Yes or no. I didn't say if I did it or not, if I thought it was good or bad. Regard I don't care what your take is. Because quite frankly, like I don't think there's a wrong way to do mac. Well, there is a wrong way to do mac and cheese, but regardless, I don't do it. Sometimes I did when I was a kid. I got other things I put on mac and cheese to make it more fun, but seems to have been engaged with. And people were like, why isn't this a poll? And I was like, because I muted it the second I posted it. Uh, wise call. And I will say this. You have another show with the delightful LJ. I do. It's called The Run Sheet. Go to The Run Sheet Pod. Uh, or just check us out wherever you get your podcasts at the Run Sheet Pod. There are so many wonderful things about Ella. Mm-hmm. There's one BS thing about that woman, all right? And it's awful, and it's her food takes. She They're does bad. not like macaroni and cheese. Pasta plus cheese, you don't like it. What is wrong with you, Ella? And she does not like mint chocolate chip ice cream. How dare you, ma'am? We've talked about both of those so far on the show. She said she's open to the mac and cheese thing, and she gets the right... The right mac and cheese. I think she's just been tainted by bad mac and cheese. 
I think if we if we steer her in the right in the right the right direction. You you put the orange powder and stir it. In, I'm eating it. I got some no. People, <laughs> hey, some people, you know, some people are are they, wrong. They, they're some bougie. People are wrong. Yeah. Some people bougie. Okay, they want a little bit more. I get it. Some people want to go to the local pub and get the twenty five dollar mac and cheese just to feel good. The lobster mac and cheese with the jazz hands. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. That's just though. I'm not. I'm not a big seafood gal. So that I don't think you're doing it wrong. That's just not for me. And our pal Ryan Sullivan. Oh, your, your pal, pal. Our pal, pal. <laughs> not your buddy friend. <laughs> our, our pal. Uh, God, this is a second rate. Joe and Joel call it in the ring. So you didn't see this because you were, I think, on your way back home. Joe Gacy, my noted doppelganger, <laughs> uh, has been having some travel issues. So while he was stuck in an airport earlier tonight, he tweeted out, all right, I'm doing a Q&A, ask me anything. And I quote tweeted it. And I said, I guess this means I am also doing a Q&A. <laughs> to which Joe says, uh, how does it feel to be everywhere? And I'm like, good question. How do you feel? And he says, I am everywhere. And we just, we went back and forth a little bit, but- uh, That's delightful. Joe, Joe and I, we, we're gonna meet. And our interview is going to be a mirror it's like it's gonna be us asking each other the same question you should end the interview with him but then edit it to do an interview with yourself and pretend like and just smush it together like <laughs> see if anybody notices that you swapped him out I told, I, told jeremy, I told jeremy what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go over to yeah it's just me having a conversation with myself on twitter <laughs> yeah that's like, your burner <laughs> and, and, and just my burner how did my burner get a blue check before i did it's more famous That's right uh, i told jeremy what i would do is i go down to the pc i would do a full like day of pretending to be joe gacy so that i could like train with cody rhodes and work with carmelo hayes and do all the shit that joe gacy would do appear on tv talk to ava rain be like hey your dad can you lend me seven bucks and just see where that goes all day? Why not? Why not? I think that would be great fodder. Why not? I say five roots, one tree. How about that? There you go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> G-Bro with a super chat saying, the day I started watching, Brock fought a Cadillac. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my cousin's first episodes was when Alberto Del Rio hit Santa Claus with this car. <laughs> That was like that was ten years ago this past year, this past December. It was. It That's was. Wild. Yeah, no, the the Cadillac thing. He almost hit a kid in the head with the car door. Yeah, he did. It's a good time. I think we should all do that. And Eric Fried says this is for Daphne to get more treats. That was that was her fightful debut. She was on the Mark Order the other day in the background. <laughs> well, we love Daphne here. We you're do. Okay. You're okay, I guess. Yeah, all right, I, I get it. I guess we have to talk about the wrestling though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, who am I kidding? So how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, it's been yeah. a week. I know, right? We're <laughs> going to rehash this entire thing just like... Just <laughs> on a loop. <laughs> hey, I saw this quote tweet from Joe Gacy. Right. <laughs> All right, where do we start? We want to start with Raw or do we want to go start with SmackDown and... Or talk, or, or we can start with Dynamite. I don't think this show, we haven't talked about AEW much because it's been a lot of going to Montreal and talking about it... Uh, you know, big WWE events coming up. So we, you want to dive in, do AEW stuff? Sure. I think it, last time we started with Raw at the beginning of the week too. So this time we'll start in the middle and loop around. <laughs> That'll be fun. 
honestly, we're not even here to do things in chronological order. We're just doing it. No, we'll rotate that. We'll do we'll do Dynamite this week. Next week, we'll start with SmackDown. Be no, nice. because next week, it's going to be after uh, Revolution. So we're going to have to get our hot, our hot takes off of that. Oh, Lord, that's right. <laughs> no, we're getting so mad they moved that back to Sunday. And there's an hour Iron Man match on that card. I don't know what we're doing with the show because of that. Because we're typically 8 p.m. on Sundays. And that's the start of the pay-per-view. And we'll have a watch-along on Fightful Overbooked. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do a Monday. (laughs) We're the worst at this. We're so inconsistent. so inconsistent. As long as this channel has content, that's really all that matters. Content! Yes. Quality. Quality content. As much as it all right. We opened up with the uh, All Atlantic Championship match on Dynamite with we did. and Yuta. Yuta had to get slapped in order to get his way into the match. How'd you feel about that? Was he, uh, is, is that normally how you get fired up for things? Someone has to slap you? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty close with William Regal, so it's not an issue. No, I, uh, I was thinking about this from Wheeler Yuta's perspective, and I was like, I don't know. There's one stable that has fashion, right? Best Friends has fashion. They have sex icon, Chucky e. T. They have a champion who's carrying his stuff around in a backpack. Everybody's really relaxed over there. I don't know if I would go toward these people that keep hitting me all the time. He's got the ROH Pure title. He doesn't need them for anything else. I feel like Match was great, but if I'm Wheeler Yuta, I'm like, I don't know. I'd rather go hang out with those guys. They've, they've got the matching jumpsuits. Chuck Taylor's got the hair, just crushing it. Orange Cassidy's just beach-breaking people and orange-punching them and winning. And I, Yuta's I follow hair. them. Come on, Yuta's hair is great. Yuta's hair is great, but that's what I'm saying. Like, head on over. Yeah. Dude, no, I, I, I would hang out with best friends before I would hang out with this stable where everybody keeps hitting me all the time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I would I would do the same. Listen, but then sometimes they got to throw some punches. And listen, clearly by the end of the match, Orange Cassidy wanted to be friendly with Wheeler again, and Wheeler was like, maybe. And then his dad came out, and he was just like, no. And so he rolled out of the ring, and that was it. His dad. I like the idea because in my head now, Claudio is also like a sitcom dad. He's like one of those Wheeler. Has to teach him a lesson at the end of every match. Like, you can't stay out with the car that late, Wheeler. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. Every time I hear Wheeler Yuta now, I hear it. Steven Larson on Going in Raw, they do a version of Wheeler Yuta that's like a super whiny teenager. All I hear now from Wheeler Yuta. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know why I have to take this match. Or I'm going to beat your ass because I'm Wheeler Yuta and I'm the guy who can beat your ass. That's all I hear now. But he's a good wrestler, so that helps. He's a great wrestler. This was a, a super fun match, ring-wise. Um, if you want to know who produced it, that's on Fightful Select for you. Let's chill that here. They, they got a main channel for that. I, I'm, I'm trying to make money, man. All right? I'm trying to bring in... I'm headed to the pay window as often as I can. So go to Fightful Select. But uh, I really did like this as an opener, too. I feel like they've had Orange Cassidy as the main event of Rampage in that title slot. Um, which which I think is fun. And like for a while there, Adam Cole was the beginning of Rampage Guy. I kind of like that. I don't know why. I don't usually like things that are formulaic or expected, but those that kind of thing works for me. But this was really fun. This was a fun way to open the show. You knew in-ring-wise this was going to be great. So to have something fast-paced open the show like that. And I really liked it when they tagged together. I thought they were great together. So them being on opposite sides of the coin was super fun here. 
By the way, chat's pointing out best friends did used to beat up Wheelie Yuta on BTE. That was a weekly segment. It was That's a very, very good point. Yeah, it used to very have uh, Stalin or beat him up in a hotel room. I would do it too. See, if you're like, he's a whiny teenager, look how he gets treated. Well, he, maybe he had a little, uh, you know, little thing for uh, for old Chris. <laughs> I just saw in the chat. <laughs> Notice you replaced Tim on the logo. Not on the intro, though, if you want to see Tim's little cartoon. Yeah, I'd have to fix and that. And technically, it's not really replaced with me. It's replaced with Miss Elizabeth, which I pop for every time. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're just here to pop each other. That's, that's what we do. That's it. Uh, but yeah, overall match was good. And uh, listen, Orange Cassidy can wrestle. We already knew this. It just when you add that extra element of Orange Cassidy being absolutely like strange as a character, it just makes him more fun. I think more people uh, need to realize that that Orange Cassidy can do more, and he doesn't necessarily need to change it up too much to be successful the way he is. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree, Joel Gacy. I have a question for you as well. Sure. Um, but I will say, I, I do think since he came back from his injury and in this title reign, his matches have been produced differently, which has helped. I feel like he felt way more of a shtick where every match, when every match was. He does the kicks. He gets under your skin. He turns it on. Since he came back, there's been like a little bit more attention paid to that, I think, where his matches are have a lot more you know, diversity and pacing and, and are put together a little bit better. But who do you have? Because to me, <clears throat> Orange Cassidy can kind of drop the title whenever. Whenever. Uh, <laughs> he is perpetually over, so it's not going to hurt him. If I'm in charge, I'm probably thinking about winding down the title reign soon for no other reason than because I can and it's not going to hurt him. I think Miro coming back to eat him would be fun. Uh, what? Who do you kind of transition this title to if you are Tony Khan? Book it. Here's the problem. I um, I want to Kip Sabian to be the guy. I still do. We've already burned through Kip Sabian, but doesn't mean we can't go back around again. We just have to make it worthwhile. And the reason I use Kip is because right now he's been out on excursion, if you will. He's been working with DDT and doing some stuff outside. Um, I go with I go with somebody who's currently working indies because when that title was established, the first thing I said was, "This is a title that you take around the indies. This is the the AEW indie title, and that's fine." Like Pac won it, and I was like, "Guess he's going to go work in the UK indie scene." And what does he do? Immediately works Rev Pro and immediately goes and defends the title. That's what I want. This title is meaningless for TV, meaningful for the the outside like interactions that AEW has with the independent scene that's what i want out of the all atlantic championship so kip just comes to mind because a he's put in the work and b he is the most recent guy to be openly out there on excursion uh so other than that you know miro's fine i'm still like i i don't know what the fuck's going on with miro <laughs> i don't uh, think anybody does i don't either I, I i have my <laughs> suspicions that i don't want to get into on the show but uh yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think Miro sees himself as the All Atlantic champion. Uh, who would who else would you give it to? I don't know. I do like your thought of it being an ambassador title. It's kind of tough to say. Kip Kip would have been a really good call. I don't think since they burned through him, maybe he necessarily needs it. It's kind of hard to answer that question without seeing where ROH shakes out a little bit. Because I would love for like. Scorpio Sky or someone to to come back and get it. It would just immediately make it feel important because someone has that like coming back momentum. But I'm not totally sure. I also don't hate the idea of if they want it to be a TV title, 
like having it just featured on Rampage more and having your, you know, world and your TNT title being showcased on Dynamite more often because then they can platoon with that, especially while MJF's champ is just not going to be defended on television that often. So that could be really, really fun. People in the chat are saying Hobbs. I, for some reason, I feel like Hobbs might be coming back for that that TNT title, man. He got He's got to win that ladder match. He's got to. I think so. I, I don't even remember who's in there, but I know he's there. And Commander. He, those are the two that I remembered right off the bat. And, I'm and like, Eddie Kingston, who's going to be looking I'm, at the ladder like, no way, Prodna. Nah, I'm good. No I, way. I got all the plans <laughs> on the ground here, so I'll just see you next time. I'm, we're good. Uh, side <laughs> of Eddie Kingston, not here, though. No, I... I <laughs> I think Hobbs winning the ladder match makes m- m- the most sense, blah, 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 blah. But uh, as I totally tongue-tie myself, I was going to say something important that I totally don't remember now, so it's clearly not important. Wonderful. Well, okay. We were talking all Atlantic. People are mentioning Takeshita, Jungle Boy. Takeshita's we're talking not. Hobbs. Again, Jungle Boy, didn't he say he had plans for you know for a title? It feels like Jungle Boy beating Christian Cage means Jungle Boy is going after a title more important than the All-Atlantic Championship. You know what I'm saying? You beat a legend like Christian Cage, you don't say, I'm going after the lowest card title in AEW right now. I do feel like, I mean, MJF versus Jungle Boy, they have a history there, right? An early history with the company. That could be a nice between pay-per-view program that you don't have to have a ton of build to because you do have a history to call back on. Um I was thinking about this. I think we've progressed past the point of the pillars, right? But it does feel like they are a little bit lost. Like Jungle Boy has been in this eternal feud with Christian and the dinosaur. Um, Sammy Guevara is just kind of, I feel like, waffling around a little bit. Like, I, I don't feel like anybody in JAS is necessarily a lackey on the program because Jericho is so heavily profiled. But for better or worse, he's been in and out of Jericho's tables the entire time he's been on the program. MJF is obviously doing super well. So it's it's just kind of, um, I don't want the people who were supposed to be the, the anchors of the company really getting lost. I feel like Jungle Boy has been just because they stick in feuds for a real, real long time. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about Starks and Jericho. Starks comes out, says he's got an open challenge. And then uh, our best pal, Peter Avalon, comes out. My best friend in the whole world. That's right. And he comes out and he's like, hey, it's me. And then he gets spiked in the eyeball by Chris Jericho. Now gets a match on uh, Dynamite, so that's nice. But uh, yeah, Jericho then gets kind of duped into signing the contract. So it starts in Jericho Revolution, as expected. But JAS is banned from ringside. Uh, I smell a turn. I don't know about you, Kate. But uh, it feels like... The person that Jericho made the most famous is the one who's going to join JAS. And that's uh, that's the guy who's been on all, all the AEW programming for the last, like, week and a half. I don't know, man. I think... Um, I have not liked this because I feel like this has been built in reverse, right? Ricky Stark's already won. So this has been silly and they tried really hard and they didn't do the worst job, but it's a little bit too, it's a little bit too late, too little, too late for me as a fan of just, he doesn't need to face Jericho again. He beat him. (laughs) Why is he running through Jericho's lackeys? Just feels backward to me. Um, 
I feel like Action and Dreddy maybe because they very specifically they didn't say Jericho can't have anybody at ringside. They said Jericho can't have JAS at ringside. No, no, uh, it's now it's now JAS. They modified it. So originally AEW put out a sort uh, of photo, whatever, an image, whatever, as post saying everyone will be banned from ringside, and now it just says JAS is banned from ringside. Right. So Jericho could bring in, I don't know, a Jericho show, a Paul White. Oh God, he did do the thing with them. <laughs> and I think Action and Dreddy cost Jericho. Like I, I, to me, the story is Action and Dreddy cost Jericho again. Not another person joins Jericho's stable. I think it's way more fun to have Starks win via some Action and Dreddy interference, and Jericho just cannot get away from having losses cost by Action and Dreddy. So that's where I would like to see it go. I personally would like to see Pretty Peter beat Jericho and face Ricky Starks. I think that's the way to go. Give me Pretty Peter Avalon on pay-per-view all day. Uh, no, I'm very silly about Pretty Peter <laughs> on podcast, but I adore the guy. I, th- I think he's great. But for what we're building to, I don't need Action and Dreddy to like turn and join the stable because I just feel like it's pretty full already. And these feuds track on so long and I also don't need Jericho to win and us to get a third match with Ricky Starks. Like, not everything has to be a best of three series. So my hope is that somebody else, probably Paul White, comes in as Jericho's heavy. Um, and Action Andretti either equals the odds somehow or ends up costing Jericho. And Jericho just loses it. Loses it because Action Andretti has now cost him two high-profile matches. So... Um, and I, I don't want Starks to lose this selfishly as a fan. Like I just, I want Starks to win here. I don't need them to run this back a third time, especially when Ricky already won the first one. So, oh, you um, know, well, though. yeah, oh, of course, and you know, Jericho gets the win and then they run it back again. Starks wins that after they do a, a tag match with Starks and whoever, you know, wronged him against, you know, whatever him and a tag team, but someone else gets brought into this stupid thing. And they take on Jericho and whoever he brought into this thing. That's why I think it might not go that way is because they already started with the relationship instead of backing into it. That That's my hope. I just feel like Jericho feuds go on a really long time and they are kind of predictable. And I feel like it's not even of Jericho's fault necessarily, but they, they don't follow up on the booking of whoever beat or lost to Jericho like very, very well. So no, it's great. I, I don't want to see them do that with Starks. I don't want to see them punt the booking after. Cause I, I do think it's a good idea to, if someone loses a title shot, a great way to keep them at the top of the card is to have them involved in a feud against Jericho. I just don't need them to last six months. So my hope is that they do something a little different than what's been their pattern, but we will see. Come revolution. We'll find out. <laughs> but I feel like because they said JAS specifically, they might play with that a little bit. Jericho might bring somebody else in. So we'll see what they, they leave open. He's going to bring Mike Tyson after Tyson said to uh, Undertaker. I, I go back to WWE because AEW doesn't pay me enough to do the show. There you go. Tony Khan's getting a man. Oh, if there's one thing to do <laughs> when given the opportunity, it's get mad and weirdly tweet about it. Sky uh, Blue and Soraya. Uh, it's a match that happened. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Listen, it, it existed. But Soraya uh, wins as expected. Uh, is she? What? What is that finisher she's using? Is that the the? What was that? Not the page turner. 
Is it the page turner? What was it called in WWE? Do you remember? I think it was the page turner. Was it? If it was the same finisher that I'm thinking of, I can't actually remember, but it was, I think it was the page turner in WWE. Now they're calling it the good night. I think. Yeah. I know the rampage became the nightcap and now oh, the PTO, the page tap out. There you go. The page. Oh, that's right. Okay. That, that actually looked very cool. Now that I'm remembering. Now it's called the STO, the Soraya tap out. Nailed it. Thank you. Anyway, so it's called uh, the stop, the Soraya tap out, people. <laughs> well, stop is what I'd like to do with dealing with Soraya on my TV every week. Because oh, boo. Now it's a triple threat. They're doing who is it? Oh my God, uh, Ruby, Ruby Soho, Jamie Hader, oh, no. and Soraya, as Taz would call her, uh, <laughs> Trent Beretter and Soraya. <laughs> Those are my favorites. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel? It's another triple threat. I didn't want that. I wanted a one-on-one match personally, but how do you feel about a a triple threat with those three? So I've actually liked this a lot more than most people have, I think. And um, I think because, I don't know, I feel like the, the improvements that we've seen since August have been important ones. And I have patience and breathing room around stuff that is headed in the right direction is doing really good things like getting a lot more women on my TV and stuff, even if it's not executed the best, like I don't need the NWO spray painting L stuff. And I don't know if I even fully let's, 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 first of all, it's green spray paint. They're totally ripping off Trey Miguel's impact deal. That's, you know, he's doing an impact right now. Okay. Very fair. We painted the damn title green. His whole gimmick is green. It's spray paint and green. Let's he get owns it. the color green. He owns the That's color fair. green. So when I think spray paint and wrestling, the first person I think of Trey Miguel. That's really as, cool. as he should. Him and Jeff Jarrett, as you should. Oh, we'll talk about him. But <laughs> I, I do. I feel like I have a little more forgiveness when, even though the execution hasn't been perfect, because it has made a lot of strides, and they've turned things around in a a pretty steep direction that makes me hopeful i think we'll see progress in that direction too we just haven't seen sincerely a storyline like this with groups of women (laughs) at all in aew until now so might take a moment to get it right i don't know if people's expectations of soraya matched what her capabilities probably are right now like i think she has limits on what she can do in the ring because of her injury. And I don't think in AEW or in WWE, I don't think it was ever like, holy crap, she's a fire promo. I think she was a pretty good promo and great in the ring. Um, so I, I think we have to give people time to find their footing a little bit. Again, I'm, I'm more lax about this because of the progress we've seen. And I don't expect the rest of that to kind of come overnight and I've been for months, years, maybe screaming for Ruby Soho to be in a prominent spot. Now she's in a title shot. So don't love necessarily a triple threat. I don't like triple threats in general, but I do like what's happening here. I do like Ruby Soho being put in this pivot spot of not really having chosen a side and um, getting her to see her in a title shot against not Britt Baker. And (laughs) so that's fun. Um, so a, a lot of upside with it, even if the story's not great and I don't love triple threat. So a little divided on that, but, um, th- this match was what it was. I think sky blues are a good person to have in there with Soraya because she should kind of be eating losses realistically at this point. And, um, 
it just kind of moved things along. It wasn't, it wasn't anything overly noteworthy, but there was a time in AEW where not overly noteworthy meant really, really bad. So, um, or it was noteworthy because it meant nothing or whatever. So very, very glad to at least see the progress, but I understand where people's complaints are with this. I'm still um, a little, maybe miffed isn't the word, but let's just say miffed for the sake of it about how. Could you use gentler language? No. You're coming in here saying you're miffed. Like, yeah. That this is, this is, I had, I was sick, Kate. I, had, I was almost, <laughs> I almost died or something. I Everyone know. calm down. That's right. We are miffed. It's Sunday night, Joel. I know. I should be happier. Send me your money and I'll be happier. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's how we work here, right? That's We just we go for the money. The money junk. We're like Dan Housen over here. Yeah, send, send us your, your human monies. monies. Send me your human monies and I'll be happy. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little miffed that Hikaru Shida got cycled out in a really weird way. She's injured. She said she has an injured finger, but she's been on TV. She's been at TV, I should say. She hasn't been on TV. Why why would you bring her to TV if she's not going to be used on TV? And if she's in a storyline, why not continue the storyline or at least involve her in some way? While she can't get physically involved, maybe she, I mean, she could get physically involved, just not in the ring. Like, what happened? What, why did we cycle her out and bring Ruby in? Like, did they call an audible? Did they, I, I'd love to know what happened. And what happens when they cycle her back in? Because clearly that's part of a larger stable conversation that we were having, right? We're talking about multiple women and multiple stables, quote unquote. Uh, so I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious as to where we go when she gets back. Ruby makes sense in that if you're telling this OGs versus outsiders, Ruby was an outsider. Like that's her gimmick. She is an outsider, but she is also like someone who belongs in AEW more than she does in WWE. If you think of the Ruby Soho, Heidi Lovelace performer. So it makes sense, but it was just cycled in very oddly. If you know, if you know what I'm saying, I do understand what you're saying. And they did kind of make Sheeta a, um, like a key point in it and then dismiss it a little bit. I'm intrigued to see if maybe they're setting up something with her and Jade. I don't know if that's where they're going, but Jade has gone through so much of the roster at this point, and I don't know, I don't know what they're doing with Jade. If they're waiting for a very big name to come in, I don't know if they know what they're doing with Jade. I don't know if they're trying to buy time till Chris Statlander comes back. But Fifty and O came and went, and um, they had moments. They had moments with Willow. They had moments with Athena. They had a lot of moments that they could have capitalized on. So I don't know what's happening there. Sheeta being a contender makes sense, but if she is cleared in the ring, she should be in that kind of, especially with as hard hitting as she is. If they're leading to a blood and guts match, which it feels like they are. But if you're going to do blood and guts in March, holy shit, you're really just, you're really pulling it because blood and guts is usually like a, is it a late March match? Yeah, it's usually like the week after St. Patrick's Day slam or something. I wonder if they're going to just do it at St. Patrick's Day Slam because I, I would guess it would. There was something really off about them doing Forbidden Door and then Blood and Guts like a week and a half later or whatever That's that was. Bad. That was really, really rough. So I wonder if they're going to try and front load it this year. Oh, probably not because that's the Winnipeg show. 
and they're doing Rampage Slam. <laughs> Rampage St. Patrick's Day Slam. And then it's no quake by the lake, but Rampage Slam is pretty great. Twenty uh, second in Independence, Missouri. Twenty ninth in St. Louis. That might be it. That well, might. We be have it. people that got to go to that. That would be fun for them. Or April fifth at UBS on Long Island. That's another big opportunity to do blood and guts. Oh, was it June 29th last? Don't do that. Do Don't not do that at all. Because that was a few days after. Uh, it was like the, the Wednesday fall. after, or some. It was either right after or the week after that. No, it was that. It was like immediately after. It was bad. Which is funny because hypothetically, a pay per view and blood and gut should be the end of so many stories, and it was like the beginning of some, yeah. <laughs> or the middle of so many. But they they got really tripped up. I felt like booking wise because of that. So hopefully, and you also don't have to do men and women's blood and guts on the same day. Like that's a lot of a two hour. That would just be a two hour show, wouldn't it? One well, I mean, Yeah. Uh, Shaka twenty nine hitting us with the super chat saying contributing <laughs> to the Regincate post ROH show fun. Spoilers got me psyched, especially for the women in today's contract news. Subscribe to Fightful Select. We got some really cool. Uh, we don't chill for that over here, Joel. No, we don't. Now that I've been forced to by uh, by Kate. So. <laughs> you forced our hand, Shaka29. Um, I texted Sean and said, give me the ROH post show or I quit. And then I said, but I would still set up broadcast because I would feel bad. So that's how intense I came in. <laughs> that would you do it? So that is, that is one of the things that there is. Because there are already four streams on Thursdays, which make that very difficult. But I was talking to Sean, and he was like, "Well, the Impact show is a bunch of jobbers. Who gives a crap about those guys?" And that's I was like, "Me, that's how I feel." And he was like, "Well, Crest is great," and I was like, "That's a good point." Yes. So maybe it'll be like me, Crest, and Reg, but the rest of them, who cares? You know? Yeah, that other guy's got to find a way to get paid. Sean. No, the, we'll we'll see. I, it's a it's a product that I'm super passionate about. Obviously, it's a, a project that a product that Reg is super passionate about. I was like a new age ROH fan too, which is maybe the dorkiest thing in the world. But um, I, there's ways we could maybe wrap it into the weekender with Jensen or something. We'll we'll we're definitely gonna have a conversation about it. I'm um, floored and somewhat privileged that there were like people in the chat just blowing up about wanting me and Rich to do it together, which means a lot to me sincerely. So we'll see what we can do. Um, but the fact that there's already four streams on Thursdays is a lot. So we'll, we'll see. We're going to try and make it work. Just put ROH behind the paywall. We there could are, do that. What doing. What's the difference? I was just going to say, they're charging it. We can charge for it. Yeah, we're just keeping up appearances. Wrestling. If, you can, if you can pay for Honor Club, we know you got the bucks to shell out for Fight Bus Select. So let's go. Right, you know what? Do the fifteen hundred dollar one so that Sean has to figure out what to do with the uh, the new costs of some of those tiers. (laughs) There you go. Could you imagine if Reg and I got a fifteen hundred dollar? He would never hear the end of it. (laughs) No, he would never. Oh God, it'd be awful. Oh, it'd be so great. I would never watch another post show. Anyway, uh, MJF (laughs) and Danielson. There were times where I really liked the promo. There were times where I really didn't like this promo. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I like Max. I love what Max can do, especially as a wrestler. I hate when Max plays this game where he 
by the way, our friend Cresta Star just joins up. What's going on over here? We're just, we're just you over. Hi, beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I sincerely, I just, um, what an, what a magnetic and infectious personality Cresta has. Yeah. I, I sincerely like, you guys have something really fun going on on Thursday nights. People should be tuning into it. Very lucky. And we, we did the No Surrender show on, on Friday nights. Go check that out. You yeah, even plugged you. Impact Live. Go, go just watch us riff on it because we have fun with it. The show's fun and uh, it's just, we, we enjoy each other's company. So <laughs> it works. No, nobody that tunes into our NXT post show watches NXT. You know, it's a watch Impact either. Just tune into the post. I actually quite like <laughs> Impact. Uh, some of the bookings really is good. But anyway. Um, okay. Like I was saying with Max, love Max, love MJF, love, love him in the ring. I love some of his promos. I didn't like this one because we, we did that thing again with, with Max where he comes out and he, he does the baby face, baby face, baby face, but then I turn it on its head and it's a heel, but we knew you were going to do it. Like it's so, it doesn't do it for me. I get what he's trying to do. You know, I had a love and then my love rejected me. So now all I love is this title. You can't take it from me. Oh, by the way, I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to talk about your children now because you don't love anything but your children. And the title means nothing to you like it does to me. That's what I got from this. And then they did the beatdown. Beatdown was good. Loved it. Good and draw. But that was stiff as fuck. That beat. Ooh. Oh, they had four. <laughs> that, was, that was stiff. <laughs> Danielson laid Max out. They went in. And that's great. But I just sat there and I was like, ah, the, the lead up to it didn't really do it for me. What did you what do you think of uh, of those two last Wednesday? I've kind of I actually have liked these because I get more burned out on the other stuff. I get burned out on the everybody's fat. Your whole local town sucks. It's very fun live. But I've liked seeing these layers of MJF kind of come out like the car crash one. I liked a lot more than a lot of people because I, I appreciate whenever a wrestler points to a moment in time and is like, I behaved this way because of this experience. This, I felt like I didn't view it as he was telling us it. I've started to view it more as he's telling himself it. Um, Like he desperately wants this thing and he feels like he's never going to get it. Come for the bang, stay for the curses. Um, it's it. I feel like it's being built out well, and I think Birdie is going to kick his ass at Revolution. So, go for Berber. I'm excited to see it, but I I really have liked this. Like, I think it's good to. There's depth there, and there's like, I I like it when a heel views heartbreak, and he called that whole car accident adversity. Like, it's in his mind. He's been like going through it in these ways, and his reactions are that of somebody who's well intentioned, but his behavior doesn't match up with that. So, to me, it's almost more for him than it is for us as a crowd. Um, and I, I appreciate that about it. Like him, him calling the car crash where he said he committed a felony ad- adversity, as if it's like a <laughs> like I overcame this this thing with such bravery. So. I'm kind of into it. I get, I get why people aren't, but I, I I think I liked the one the week before better. But overall, I appreciate the dimension that we're getting to see. Like I, I like seeing what makes certain characters tick rather than the kind of cheaper shots or the lower hanging fruit. So yeah, delusional heel is great. 
I actually really enjoy it. Uh, I think a lot of people, <laughs> they heard me talk about Bully Ray during the Josh Alexander feud in Impact, where I said that I actually really enjoyed the bully character because it, it did what it was supposed to do. And that was make you absolutely hate him. And it didn't make you hate him to the point where you didn't want to see the match at all. When, once it became a, a plunder match, once it became like a hardcore match, people were like, yes, now Josh Alexander could beat the living shit out of bully Ray. And he did that. Right. You know, I, I, I hate using the stupid that's heat, but like that's, he did it right. That's what it was. So sometimes you have to fulfill the meme. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you do. What he did at No Surrender, for example, I mean, this isn't an impact show, but like what he did at No Surrender, it kind of sucked. But at the same time, it was entertaining enough because I knew what they were going for. I just don't want to see Dreamer versus Bully Ray in 2023, the year of our Lord. So what about Tyrus? The year of your Lord. I'm, I'm a Jew. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a triple threat waiting to happen. Actually, Bully versus Tyrus, I will watch that. What's the matter with you? A lot Why? of things. <laughs> lot of things where do you want to start again that's this man has been sick all week i can understand my He's therapy is tomorrow morning that's that's mondays uh, uh okay but we'll, ch- we'll check in tomorrow and see if you still are gonna watch bully ray versus tyrus when you or pay for tweet. nwa pay-per-view at all right now yeah when you see the tweet i'll let you know uh <laughs> point my point being like the max stuff um this this week didn't do it for me as much. The beatdown did. The the physicality did. But the the talky talk eh, didn't really get me there. Um let's let's keep going. They announced the announcement of the announcements. <laughs> oh no, we had to do the we had to do Jeff Jarrett winning a tag team battle royal first. <laughs> do we? We can gloss over it. I don't really want to talk about it, but uh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> As Kate goes away for a while. I already had to talk about this twice, man. It breaks my heart. We don't have to do it. We don't talk about it. It is what it is, but uh, I'm sure. No, I'll say this because I've tried to make it very clear. Like half of my hatred for Jeff Jarrett is is just the commitment to the bit at this point. I was raised by Jeremy Lambert and you, and I I don't abandon bits. I know what I'm doing here. So, Um, but I do think it's a sincere miscalculation of... um, to have them in the tag picture and to have them versus the acclaimed to have them against your champions and your hottest tag team in the world probably um, makes no sense to me because I think there are so many more valuable people that can be in that slot. Definitely feel like FTR is coming back to win it though. So whatever. All right, <laughs> I just would like to see like the workhorse men, dark order, those teams in, in that slot instead, but it's not a, um, it's not even that Jeff Jarrett is doing that bad of work. It's just that I don't care at all. And I feel like that's an opportunity that could go to someone that he could be more productive for. But some people like guitar smashing fetish guy. It's fine, I guess. All right, Tony, you bring me in. I'm going to bring you to all the big, big event shows. We're going to we're gonna go all around the world. We're going to sell out baseball stadiums. We're going to have a great time. And I, I have a terrible Southern accent with this guy. And then, and then they're going to bring me in. I'll work ROH. I'll work. I'll work Florida. I'll do it. Sure. Why not? Print me in, put me in the stage universal. I'll do it. And then just give me the tag championships on pay-per-view. <laughs> All right. You got it. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Jared, Jared will take a double spike pile driver just for you from uh, FBI. <laughs> Ryan Lambert's mentioning uh, Sting and Darby as the last team. I don't think so. 
it's possible. I just don't think so. FTR, I'm like, I'm still, you know, I'm not 100% there. I get to, I see it. I do. They were in the intro this week. Uh, they're normally in the intro, but like FTR is in the intro on Dynamite. So, right, right. I think, um, I feel like if it's as much as I don't want it to be the guns, I feel like it's the guns because it's FTR. Like, I don't think you pulled the trigger on that unless you're having FTR come in, but I'm not always thinking the same as our dear friend, Tony Khan, who had an, a, a, just like the most important announcement that's ever been announced in the history of announcements this week, Joel. I was, I, I was so, so positively let Joel, down. Yes. I have an announcement. Okay. Yeah. What's the announcement? My announcement is that Joel is going to reveal right here on Fightful Overbooked what the announcement on AEW Dynamite was. Joel. Okay. Hold on. I got to I know I have to change the thing for this. I mean, I've been worse people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Joel Pearl has an announcement. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been saving that one for a while, but I, yeah. So they're doing the extra hour. The extra hour is going to be uh, the the all access show, the backstage show, and of course you have to have Adam Cole, baby, make the announcement because of course you do. When they brought it out in Cole, people were like, "Oh my God, Forbidden Door two, it's going to be like last time." But now he's a face, and then he was like, "Not nah, third hour, lol." It's baby to the top. You're gonna watch me and Britt Baker be a couple. That's right. That's great. I mean, this means that Power Slap is going away, right? So that rules. And they are. They only had an eight week stay for the beginning, anyway. I'm glad Concussion's lap is going away. It's not going away for good. It'll be back, unfortunately. Get it out of here. I'll have Slap House very soon. It's going to be like the ultimate fighter, but in a house. Why can't Slap Nuts go be a special referee on Power Slap? You don't think that's something he's already pitched? Oh, no. <laughs> very excited for that. Please call me Slap Nuts. Well, today I'm Slap Face. I'm not tuning in if Jeff Jarrett does that. I'm not tuning in anyway, ever to that garbage, but... <laughs> So uh, someone actually, I think it was Wade Keller posited this uh, with the, the the third out. Basically, this is a third hour of dynamite in very loose terms, right? It's a third hour of AEW programming that happens uh, after dynamite. So he thinks that because of this, you can air what is essentially a 30 minute with commercials cut episode of this show, but then get an overrun in dynamite. And therefore, you can extend things every little bit to eventually lead to this becoming the third hour of Dynamite. Do you no. think there's a possibility that they're going to try and backdoor this into a third hour of Dynamite? No, for a few reasons. One, um, I think you have to learn from other people's mistakes. And I think most people that are not in USA would qualify Raw expanding to three hours as a mistake. Um, because... Everybody there has said it's it, it's like impossibly hard for whatever reason to get that third hour down. The other thing is, if you look at AEW's <laughs> programming from the 10 to 11 o'clock hour in other parts of the week, it ain't great, Joel Pearl. I do think they'll probably use it for overruns. I do think maybe you'll see them scale up time on like a St. Patrick's Day special or slam special or whatever, or a winter is coming or whatever, things like that. But I don't think, I don't see Dynamite turning into a three-hour show. And I, I think the pacing of Dynamite is one of its strengths. And I don't even mean that from a show perspective. I think a lot of times they screw that up, actually, where they run out of time on things. 
But from the watching experience, I feel like it flies by it. I don't think you want to put that at risk because that's when a, you have a really solid dynamite that feels like a an hour. Like it, it really does fly. Partly, I think, because the in-ring is so strong. Um, so I, I don't think you want to put that at risk. But I do, I do think they will... Because they always will be like, if this goes over, the broadcast will stay with it. They might actually be able to do that. <laughs> and that, that, would be smart. that would be the smart thing to do, right? They can now, because uh, I'm sure some of these episodes don't need to be the full 42 and a half minutes that you would have before commercials. You can cut a segment out and get an extra seven minutes on your live program. And I guarantee you Warner Brothers won't care because guess who's watching the show afterwards? The same fans, at least they hope. So, right. There's an opportunity to do uh, an eight minute overrun, which works for raw, you know, can't do it on SmackDown, but they can at least do it on raw. And it, and it works for raw. Some of the weeks when they're running a hot match to finish the show. Yeah. I, th- I think that'll be helpful in the breathing room that dynamite may need. I think three hour wrestling. It, it's almost, I feel like I can fa- count on one hand, the amount of times a three hour episode of wrestling has been better than a two. Meaning that, like, to really execute a three-hour program well. Triple H did it once in his run, and that was it. (laughs) There was, like, an incredible match between Mustafa and somebody else on it. I can't even remember. Damage control had just come back. Like, so so it's just a really tough thing to pull off, and I feel like you don't want to do that, especially when your 10 to 11 ratings on Fridays are ass. When does Power Slap end? Do you know? Um, not soon enough. You mean like the season of it? Or is it a half hour versus an hour? Oh, when when it ends. The season this season. I don't know. Because I'm I'm thinking back to like Adam Cole, baby, saying mm-hmm. I'm coming back when the show debuts. That'll be my first match back. He didn't give a date. So I'm just wondering, like, they have to have a final date for Power Slap. And then presumably... I think sooner I, than later. Well, it has to be. Like, something has to be on the books. I just don't know, like, looking it up. Like, what's the final episode? It's me versus you. I'm going to be Power Slap champion. What? Uh, there is... Okay, so <laughs> Wednesdays, they just did episode six. So two weeks makes it the last one. So that's the 12th? Oh, sorry, the 15th? So he's back at the end? of March in independence, Missouri. It's eight episodes. Yeah. Chris is saying they're, they're eight episodes. Where else can you bring them back? Who gives an S I do. I'm also intrigued to see how an AEW reality show does well. Cause roads to the top. I don't think was like a smashing success. And I don't think that AEW has the fan base that WWE does. Where if you present wrestlers outside of a wrestling context, people are going to be overwhelmingly invested. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. But I don't remember a Rose to the Top being like a... I think everybody was like toasting about how well it was doing. Yeah, it was so awful. (laughs) And now we're on the roads to WrestleMania. Oh no, why would you? We'll go there in a minute. Uh, Let's just finish off. So Joel. Hey, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I love that promo, by the way. Paul Heyman immediately cutting him off. That's that's a babyface turn for Paul Heyman, by the way. That was. Fox and Uno, we don't have to talk too much about it, but goddamn, did Evil Uno, my hometown brethren, did a good job. He had a, he had a good match, didn't he, with Mox? He had a great match. That was a really fun main event. I said on the Mark Order on Wednesday that, like, 
I don't want to agree with the nerds who are like, Mox bleeds too much. Because overall, I don't. But I will say, this spot was so cool, it kind of made me wish it did happen a little less. Because I feel like it you're most expecting it or waiting for it. But the bleeding under the mask spot was so cool. that, And I, I feel like, sincerely, it did water it down a little bit. Like, it, it didn't have the same woe factor it would have. Um, so I don't want to agree with them. And I think I agree with them for different reasons than most nerds out there. I'm not like, oh, it's it's in the shock and awe of seeing the... Bu-. Like, no. It's <laughs> it's when those moments happen, I want it to be like a woe situation. Yeah. Um, so that popped out to me, but very, very good to see. I've just been rooting for Dark Order to be back on my screen too. Like, there's been such ambiguity around what what they are, who they are, who who is in it, who's out of it. I do feel like the Hangman stuff is kind of like, how much are we going to blue ball whether or not Hangman's in the Dark Order or not? Um, we've kind of flirted with this line before. I think there's an opportunity to turn the Dark Order heel off of this if you wanted to. Um, I just don't want the Dark Order to constantly be used as, like, the crutch for Hangman Adam Page's stories. (laughs) So I I don't want it to go there, but a really, really great match. Great to see Uno in this spot. And I want to see Silver and Reynolds with him as a trio or as a tag team on their own and Uno competing as a singles competitor. Like, I I want some clarity in that. So very encouraging to see. Very glad to see. And we joked around about it, but, like, Peter Avalon on my screen. Like, I don't want these guys to get lost in the shuffle. So very, very nice. Very nice stuff to see. A very big fan of Adam Page weeks ago saying to Renee, I need to go mend some fences. And everyone being like, ah, it's going to go back to the elite. And then me sitting in the back being like, no, he's going to go talk to the Dark Order. And people just (laughs) got pissed. Like, no, he's got to go finish the elite story. I'm like, there's no story. It's it's the Dark Order. Look, when you pull your dick from the dirt, you got to mend some fences. (laughs) And then you got to put your dick in the fence. That's how it works, Kate. That's how I, it works. <laughs> you put your dick in the fence. After I don't, I don't think I know what it, that even means to pull your dick from the dirt. I've been told it's like a high school football thing. To be having sex with the dirt? Listen, horny teenagers are a thing, and you know this. It's, you know, that's, not, that's not wrong. I'm yeah. here for it. I just don't know what it actually means. It pops me tremendously. We're all I don't understand the innuendo. The Let's all pull our dicks from the dirt. Uh, well, I did. There you go. You want, we can talk SmackDown for a few minutes, but really it's it's Smackdown. the big, the big, big thing was the Jimmy Uso promo at the end of the night. Oh, excellent stuff. Jimmy was given the basically the world and, and he ate it up. He did so well in that promo. He Because he hasn't had this opportunity since he came back. To do uh, to do not only a, a promo but a soliloquy of this of, of this nature, uh, and, and I think he did really great. You know, talking directly to his brother, and then Sami Zayn coming in and joining in. Uh, it becomes a question. It becomes a story about brotherhood and belonging, which is something that I think you and I have talked about when it comes to Sami Zayn and his work around the bloodline. What do you think of the promo? Jay does come down and he watches. They share a look at the end. Do Sami and and. Jay after Jimmy gets beaten down for a sec with a haluva kick and then solo comes out. What do you think of the promo and uh, how we're doing so far? Cause Sammy and KO had a moment as well on raw that we can touch on as well. Sure. I don't know if I'm in love with the direction of the story, but if they're going to give this to me as the direction of the story, they're executing it extremely well. Like if I could have booked it, this probably isn't what I would have booked. 
But if you told me we want Cody as champion, he's going to be the unified champion, and you chose to execute this, they're doing a great job. Um, I really, really liked this promo because I felt like both of them were right and both of them were wrong. And when you have clear faces and heels, I like that there's inflections of being a human being, (laughs) other traits in that. Like, I feel like Jimmy Uso had a point, right? I loved him harping on um, saying that that's not what family does. Like, you you didn't lay it in on Kevin Owens. Family doesn't turn on family. And Sammy firing back with, you know what else family doesn't do? Made it feel like, to me, Jimmy put family above everything else. And Sammy Zayn, because it isn't his actual blood, put the um, looser definition of family, meaning not blood-related, but being familial, on the table as well. Like both of those definitions were competing at that time. And I, I thought that was great. Jay looking on was fantastic, but also really liked Sammy firing in with the, like, you were the guy whose trust I didn't have to earn from the beginning. You were the one who actually treated me like a brother from the start. We were dogs. We were, we were, we were dogs. dogs. We were dogs. <laughs> That's what got my sister. I would say. Um, but I, I really like that. Sammy Zane pointed that out. Cause I think it's important of like, it feels to me like Jay has been the one who's torn about this because Sammy actually earned Jay's trust where it was assumed with Jimmy for the beginning. So it was easily given away. So how this was executed, I thought was really well done. I think a Roman downfall losing two titles would have been fun. Like he loses to Sammy at elimination chamber because the Usos aren't there and he's just going nuts trying to hold on to that remaining title, like absolutely losing it. And then he loses that to Cody at Mania. I think that could have been a really, really fun way to go. But if this is the way you want to go, I can't argue with it. It's pretty good. I did feel like you guys kind of got gypped out of a a really fun moment in Elimination Chamber, not just for the um, the Roman win, but I feel like not getting a true Kevin and Sammy moment felt like got gypped a little because you didn't go home with happy on anything. But um I, I thought what we saw on Friday was really well done if this is the direction they chose to go. So two things. One, I I disagree. I think uh, when when I was at SmackDown on Friday before Elimination Chamber, that promo, that five minutes of cheering, that was that was it. That was the Sammy wins the title moment. And they just let him have it. Uh, and once that happened, no, it was. There was never a moment like that for any other wrestler ovation ever like that. That was his moment. And that was the moment that I said, well, they've cemented their idea. Uh, and the number two was in the post-show presser when Paul Levesque was just like, we got six weeks till me. Sorry, you got to do it. We got six weeks till me. Uh, uh, we got a story time to tell. So, uh, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? No, but he... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I love the idea of Triple H just adopting that. So what do you guys want to talk about? He comes out and he just sits uh, down. And says, so what do you guys want to talk about? But anyway, uh, when Triple H said um, we got six weeks till Mania, it's crazy to think, you know, creatively we got so many more stories to tell. I was thinking, okay, there is a lot of twisting and turning that they're planning to do to get to this, uh, the, the tag match. The, the Cody story is simple. I want the title and now Roman's going to try and make it personal and probably succeed. Not even Roman. Cause right now it's all Paul, 
you know, Paul's making it personal and it's, it's only a matter of time until we hear who told you it was open mic night. And I'm <laughs> so excited for that. But with the Sammy KO stuff, you, it didn't make sense on uh, at elimination chamber to just have KO come out and make good. And Sammy be like, yeah, I lost, but best friend, you helped me. Yay. And then we hug and we're besties again. It didn't make sense to do that. I think it did because he saved his life at Royal Rumble. And he beat the shit out of each other at war games. He turned on his best. He not turned on, but like when presented with the opportunity to ease up on his best friend, he took the shot. He took out his best friend. You, you don't come back from that. When you mistreat your friends a certain way, you don't just come back and say, we're best friends again because you put him through a table after the match. I think if that guy saves your life at Royal Rumble, you do because now we're just back where you started. Like the, the story feels like it regressed instead of progressed. Well, KO should hold a grudge against Sami Zayn. Absolutely. Nobody no. should just be like, KO is the smartest person on the show. He, he's, he's the smartest a, person in the world, but, but on the show, someone saves your life and you are between the ropes, kicking your leg out to try and defend him. It's kind of weird that the next thing Sammy, you do is that Sammy saved KO's life. When Shane McMahon dove off the top of the hell in the cell in 2017, doesn't change anything. Doesn't change that in the story right now, as it is, they have been through so, so many stupid things together that KO is just like, no, we're not just friends. Mm. And Sammy, no, we're not just friends. Like Sammy wants to be, he doesn't even want to be friends with him. He just wants to team with him. And KO's like, no, we don't get to be friends again just because this happened. Like you went far. You went further than you ever have. We have to come back. I get it, but I just, I feel like for what you did at Royal Rumble, this didn't, this didn't capitalize on it. It was the same shit when they put the shield back together five so almost five years ago, six years ago, right? With Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And Dean spent the whole time being like, nope, not doing it, not interested. You turn on me, you piece of shit, Seth Rollins. I don't want to be a tag partner with you. But you just <laughs> said the phrase, the story we're telling right now. If the story we're telling right now is he turned on him, but then he saved his life at Royal Rumble. I don't think he saved anyone's life. I think he just didn't hit him in the head with a chair. I think he saved his life. I think the fact that he hit Roman Reigns after he was tied between the ropes, handcuffed, super kicked multiple times, there are chair shots right there. I I buy into he saved his life. He, with a whimper, stuck his leg out to try and defend Sami Zayn. So to me, that says, I think he did a really good job with it Monday. It just doesn't feel sorted to me. It feels like, it feels flip floppy to me, but we'll see where it goes. I'm not, um, I just feel like, I don't know. It, it, to me, it feels like I'm, I'm so glad he had the moment on Friday, but like for a company that's built on moments, I feel like they really punted. Was Drew, Drew, I feel like they really punted Drew McIntyre at clash because they had an opportunity to split the titles then. And Raw has suffered for it mightily. And I feel like they really punted Sammy at Elimination Chamber. And they could have split the titles there. And if you're a company that's built on moments, give them the moment. You want to give the ball to Cody Rhodes? That's fine. Why does it have to be the second? Why can't it be at SummerSlam? Why can't Sammy have one of the titles right now? 
and either give Cody the other one then or just do it at SummerSlam. Cody doesn't need a WrestleMania moment. He had his WrestleMania moment last year when he came back as Seth Rollins' is extremely obvious WrestleMania opponent. It was a huge deal. I just, I feel like, God, you, you got to pull the trigger once. You got to you gotta do it once. I feel like they booted it with Drew. We at least got the solo Sokoa payoff. This isn't, um, I, and again, I don't think it's bad. I just think they could have done a better job. Sammy, and I, I didn't like the way it was executed. On on in in that moment, I didn't like the way it was executed. They're I think salvaging it pretty well right now. Seeing the stuff with Jimmy, like that all was well done. But I I don't know. I feel like you have like eight different options, and this is option number six. And the fact that it's still this good is a testament to the story they've told. But like, if it's what I'm seeing in front of me, I like it. If it's what I think in comparison to what they could have done. This is not the this ain't it for me. But that's just me. That's just a taste thing. So I asked a question. Sammy yes. wins the title. And then what? Sammy wins the title and then What does he do for one month before WrestleMania to make people, not you and I, not people in the chat, to make the guy that sat at that table in Montreal who wanted to see Sammy win, what do they what do they do to make him want to watch him defend the title at WrestleMania that isn't go back to Roman Reigns? Uh, who held the title for 850 plus days up until that point going into the biggest show of the year for a rematch. Well, my favorite answer is that's not my problem. My second answer is... No, but now you're throwing things at me. I'm going to throw them back. I I think it's perfectly suitable to... I'm not a big return shot person, but I think you could in this case because the story has been there the whole time. Um, You could have Roman, because Roman's just losing it, um, you could do Sammy versus Jimmy. You could do Sammy versus Jay. You could then have a rematch, I think, at Mania with Roman. Or you could just have a baby face. <laughs> or you could do you could do Sammy versus Solo. Like you could do other interesting things. You could do Sammy versus Gunther. You could do there. No, nah, not that because you don't want to involve another title. We've got enough titles in the bloodline. But assuming you're only splitting one, which is what I would have booked. There's a lot of options. You could do Sammy versus KO that way if you wanted to tell this type of story. See it through. Um, I I think a a retaliation shot in this case makes sense, not because somebody lost it and they get a return shot, but because I think that would actually serve the story pretty all right. Um, But you've had a heel champion for thousand days almost. You now have a babyface champion who is... Your your ratings draw because he's drawing even when Roman's not there, right? Like you could have built up a a heel competitor. I think him versus Solo could be such a fun way to go. Like the bloodline's falling apart, and you have Sammy versus Solo. That's a huge deal. Um, At WrestleMania, for a major title. This is tough. That's like something I would have to think about. I feel like it's possible, but like. You're right in that, like, the bloodline has been dominating so much. I don't think you want to do that. But um, I don't know. I, I would kind of have to think about who that would be. But you could also play with this thing of Cody Rhodes, the Royal Rumble winner, now doesn't have a default. Cody Rhodes has to choose between Roman. You could do Roman and Jay and Cody versus Sammy. That could be really fun. Like <laughs> That could be a big deal. Roman and Jay and Cody versus Sammy thing with jay was that is again i go back to wrestlemania and i go back to 
who at this point in time is hottest? Who are people there to see? Who are people there to buy a ticket for? And Roman Roman reigns supreme, no pun intended. Uh, hell, you give him a, you give him a two K twenty three score of ninety nine. <laughs> Oh you my know. goodness. Listen, I'm not going to get into the video game discourse, but my point is that that's still like a, a company is so far behind you that they gave you a, a shade below perfect. Um, and on top of that, Cody, Cody is still their guy. Cody came in and, and Cody versus Sammy. Cody versus yeah, two bigger draws on both nights. Like Cody versus Sammy doesn't do anything other than I want the title. You want the title. Okay. We're two good guys going for a title and Sammy being like what, he's the Royal Rumble. There. Sammy's story, because to me, the Sammy and Bloodline story has never been about I want a title. It's always been about I want to take out the Bloodline, and I'm about the. I tried for brotherhood. I tried to be a team player. I tried to be accepted. I was not. I was turned on. I was treated like shit. Now I'm going to show you that you mistreated me, mm. and take you down, and show you that brotherhood is not the brothers you have. It is your best friend can be your brother once the. KO stuff comes back into play. But if you want to hurt the bloodline, taking their titles is the best way to do it. Someone else is going to do that, and that's why they're going to be pally pals with Cody. And they're going to take the other titles, which are the tag titles. I don't... I think the work that Cody and Heyman are doing now is good. All he did was... He was injured, he won Royal Rumble, and so now he has a title shot. Like, Which is how Rumble works, right? But like, I... I don't think him versus Sammy is less compelling than him versus Roman to me. To me, it is though, because there's no, there is no story there. There's at least, there's a, this is so, that stupid joke that we continue to make, the wrestling has more than one royal family joke. It very much comes into play with Roman and Cody because this is very, it's the Samoan dynasty in this case, completely running WWE. Here's what you do. Okay. You get The Rock to get off his fat ass and get in shape. <laughs> you send him a fucking ring. <laughs> you send him a ring. You, you have it. The Rock versus Roman. And you have Cody versus Sammy. Cody versus Sammy would probably realistically be a SummerSlam thing. Yes, um, and it's fine. That's, again, to me it becomes putting it in the right place. To me, WrestleMania is not the place for it. And I think people understand what I mean when I say that. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, that's okay. I just feel like, um, like I don't know if I have the answer right now, but like if they had had a plan where Sami Zayn wins and then you spent the rest of the time building up a credible opponent, like, like, I think that could be good. Um, you know, maybe you had Guther lose to Sheamus and then Guther gets elevated into that picture or whatever, because they are high on him and they should be. He's fantastic. Um Part of this is their their lack of building credible heels because a heel has dominated for nine hundred days. But I do think um, I do think both programs need a title. Like I, I think we've learned that at this point. Um, God, you could man Sammy versus Carmelo Hayes or something. You could do something really fun with like I think Sammy Zayn almost being the oddball is gives you the most opportunity. You could have. Kevin Owens be heel against Sammy and do that as a main event at WrestleMania or, or your marquee match. If you want to do the women on one night, like um, I, Kevin Owens turning heel being like you weaseled your way into that position, being a suck up. So you knew their game plan. You didn't earn anything. I've been spoiling away over here. It could be fun. 
I, if I could do anything in the world with that, it would be like, I'm loving this new Mustafa Ali character, man. I wish they had started it earlier and he was like a contender for something. Cause holy shit, this toxic positivity thing is so much fun. Yeah. I adore it. <laughs> like, I, I am looking forward to seeing how he, uh, how he plays it up because so far he's, he's made it a lot of fun. It's good. Uh, Have you seen the stuff on Twitter? He's killing me. Yes, he's doing great stuff. Oh my god! He never doesn't do good stuff, especially when he's like doing it on his own, like making his own content. I think uh, Ali has so many good creative things to offer. Oh my god! This like, if you haven't seen it on Twitter, go look it up. This um, this idea of him being like. I can't take credit for my win. I would never have gotten it without the WWE platform. Like this sarcastic yeah. stuff is real, 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 real fun. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> grateful. I hope you're excited for the backlash main event of Cody versus carrying cross. We're about out of time here on. Uh... No, we're not. Cause we got a super chat. Oh no. At least it's a different idea than carrying cross. <laughs> well, that's going to be the next part. So uh, how about this? Sammy wins at elimination chamber. They make it a triple threat at WrestleMania. Two out of three falls. Usos lose the title to whoever earlier. Cody wins the WWE title. Jay turns on the bloodline and helps Sammy retain. That feels really convoluted to me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not following the thread. Are you? Sammy wins a, at elimination chamber. But what is it? A triple win? threat. Oh, so him. He wins the title. It becomes a triple threat. But he, Usos he lose the, the title to whoever earlier. Cody wins WWE title. Jay turns on the blend line to help Sammy retain within he, that. that. in basically five weeks. There was a really easy triple threat you could have booked if Logan Paul wasn't going to face Seth Rollins. That's such a good match, though. I'm so stoked for that match. Barf. Especially after a loss tonight. That's all. Think uh, you think Logan's going to sell his stake in Prime like he said he would? He said he was going to bet his uh, equity in Prime. He's always been extremely honest and upstanding. I I don't understand why he would lie about that. No, he Um, would lie about that stuff. No, of course not. There's a really easy triple threat of Roman has tremendous history with Seth Rollins. Roman has tremendous history with Cody Rhodes. Um. You could have just had Seth win at Elimination Chamber. That could have been a triple threat. Um, and it would also be a way to get Cody and Seth in the ring without <laughs> keeping the fact that Cody is 3-0 and over Seth. This is, and this is the big <laughs> thing. This is what, what's always bugged me. Um, it, it's that people wanted to have these triple threat matches so that Roman doesn't take the pin but still loses a title. Why would your, again, 900-plus day champion lose a title going into the biggest match in the year to then drop the only other title and therefore the longest reign of modern era. The whole idea here is that the transfer of ownership that comes with these titles is based on him dropping both titles in a loss definitively one, two, three without any onions. Like there's nothing, there's nothing here. It's just, the titles are lost. They go to the next guy. The next guy carries the torch until SummerSlam when they have the, the rematch between Cody and Roman. And that's a big rain event match. That's a big main event rematch. But uh, my feeling was like the, the whole idea is that the equity in Roman shouldn't be taken away just because the local mm-hmm. crowd loves the other guy. I don't know if Cody Rhodes is the kind of person that gets the 
the rub that they would hope for from actually I, I don't like triple threats at all and I don't like it here. I don't know if Cody gets much more of a benefit. Can from... I tell you why he does? Sure. From a from a pure like business and just being out there standpoint. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. If I'm watching this is the the USA uh the, the good morning USA analogy again. The guy who walks out the next night or the next morning on Good Morning America. That's the show. I'm, gonna, I'm a Canadian. I don't know. It was Canada AM. <laughs> the guy who walks out and, and the girl for that matter. The people who walk out as champions and appear the next morning are the ones who are like, they, they hold a certain gravitas. They they speak very eloquently. There's there's just a certain um, a certain expectation that they've had about the way that their champions will carry themselves. And Cody has proven in a lot of ways that he's matured and can be that guy. And he wants to be that guy. And he goes out of his way to show you that he's that guy. Um, again, this is no offense to Sammy because Sammy absolutely fits the mold of a wrestling champion. I don't think Sammy wanted as much attention as he had over the weekend of Montreal. I don't like, I, th- I think he was happy to have it. I think he was, I think he loved every minute of it, but I think if this were like a long-term every single week thing, the burnout is real. And I don't know if Sammy wants that and um, I'm not going to speak for him, but it's he, just that's kind he, of where my brain's at. He did say in an interview with unbiased journalist, Ariel Hawani that um, while they were cooking, while they were cooking, that he would be up for that. So that aside, and you, I don't think you really drew it back to the why Cody would need to fully pin him thing other than if you're thinking about them playing clips. Because, because <laughs> Cody, Cody to the regular audience is, is not, he's the guy who went away and came back. He's the guy who went away, came back. We don't know where he, where he went. I'm using this very loosely, very casual terms, very, very casual wrestling fan terms because I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think like Tim. I'm not trying to think like you and I, who are in the. You sh- are trying to think like the guy who I'm replacing. Yeah, it's really helpful. Barf. I know it works really well. Uh, no, the barf was Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the point was that to the the general fan, the eyeball fan, the the person who's just flipping on Peacock. Oh, this looks interesting. I think Cody. Um, Cody's a guy that they look at, they remember, and they're seeing, oh, this is this is new. This is different. He has blonde hair now and a tattoo. <laughs> but he's well, a what does that, why does he have to pin Roman to do that? Why can't that happen at a triple threat contact? Because I want not me, I not I don't want because the 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 wrestling trope has always been the the guy who gets pinned, especially after nine hundred plus days, clean as a sheet, that's a big move. When you haven't pinned him in X amount of days, when he hasn't lost a match, the transference of power or the just the moment, there's something in it that resonates. That makes so why can't it be course. a triple threat where Cody does pin Roman? Uh, it's more that it's why it's convoluted at that point. The only time I, I actually it- don't like it. It would just be a triple threat that if they wanted to do it, would make a whole heck of a lot of sense because then you know Seth is. Cody's next opponent, and Cody has a normal boob now. 
and triple <laughs> triple threats were what Paul Heyman booked in ECW when he didn't want to beat a certain wrestler. That's what it right. was. It's a way to protect him. Yeah. I think if you were going to do that with one title being on the line, like if you were going to do, I'm, I'm just taking this off what we've learned so far, like in the story, right? If you wanted to do undecided Kevin Owens or uh, better yet, undecided Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns for one of the titles and Roman doesn't get pinned and loses them anyway. And then Roman goes insane with the other title, that's a really fun thing. But you are right in that there has to be a to what end kind of thing with it. Like there there has to, if you're going to have him not, if, if somebody gets pinned clean, there's already, like you said, the kind of acknowledgement of the transference of, of power. It, it means something. You're getting the rub there. If you're not doing that, there should be equally as much of a reason if your champion is probably going to go to Hollywood and be making movies. Like, what are you protecting if this guy's going to be going to, like, a part-time schedule? But I think Roman might win at Mania, to be honest. I told you this. I told you this last. They want that thousand days thing. I don't think the thousand days. I think that's kind of a fans getting in their head. I could have. What was the Vanessa Carlson thing? Dude, I don't know. You know I'd hold it a thousand days if I could just see pin Cody. Tonight. How far does he get with uh Wrestle with WrestleMania? Because it's 40 something days away. So he would get to like 935 days or something like that. Which is again, that's nothing to sneeze at. In modern WWE history, like nobody comes close to that. Correct. Punk is the next you know one. He's half the time. No, Brock is. Oh, is Brock is that cumulative though? No, no, no. Brock had a longer reign than Punk and defended it like three times. Three times. Was this 2016? <laughs> I think so, yeah. You know what's crazy, though? If you think about that, it's Paul Heyman has managed Brock, he's managed Roman, and he's managed Punk. That's a pretty good wow. little legacy to leave behind <laughs> if you're Paul Heyman, dude. Like, that's impressive. And Cesaro. <laughs> and Cesaro. That should have been great, to be honest. Would have been. Uh, Luis... Our super mod sends us a super chat saying this is for Aussie Open, less Jeff Jarrett. I do love me some Aussie Open. I love that the week where Mark Davis tweets out, haven't seen Kyle since the tag league. Uh, we're doing single stuff. Don't know what we're doing. TK's like, bet. <laughs> bet. Also, you're going to show up on ROH too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a few weeks. I'm looking up Reigns because I'm, I'm curious. Roman the- ones? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brock. While uh, you're doing that, I'll talk about because I'm so excited. Our way to back. Yeah, yeah, talk about it. Let's go. We got time. Yeah. I, I just tweeted out. Why are we still in the air? <laughs> I'm gonna go retweet that. Well, I know you were. I think you were trying to keep this to 90 minute or last time, and I never showed up. So um, I got all the time in the world. My baby hasn't moved. Oh, that's great for you. Yeah, it works. Um, I'm very excited about the ROH. Uh, reboot like I'm very excited it's back Um, I was excited to see the mix of the old ROH talent and the younger AW talent that should be there and you know what else I was so excited about Joel I bet you know Edward Edward. Eddie Kingston coming to resolve 20 years of hatred with Claudio (laughs) (laughs) 
God bless my Edwin. Um, Who pitched that match, do you think? I think Claudio went to TK and was just like, I have an idea. And TK's like, I don't want to do any more 60-minute Iron Man matches. Please don't pitch another 60-minute Iron Man match. And he's like, no, 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 no. I got something for Eddie. And he's like, please don't pitch anything else for Eddie. And he's like, no, we'll do Eddie for the title. I think um, there was something that – there was like a video that was going around. I Okay. I love a good MJF interview. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Eddie Kingston interview selling a match. <laughs> it's my favorite shit in the world. That New Japan promo that he got at the press conference was awesome. He also had a video the other day that was talking about like the four guys that he hated most in the world. And it was like Jericho, Punk, I can't remember who else, and Claudio. And I, and that was a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Eddie's kind of been only half involved in programs. They're getting lined up for ROH. I wonder if that's what they're going to do. And it does look like they're going to do it. But I've... I just love that Eddie Kingston, the character, not the human, um, he's just held this grudge that goes back to Chikara, like 17 years ago, against Claudio. Even at Claudio's debut, he was not fully bought in. Like, I adore stuff like that. That's that's part of what I do love with Kevin Owens. Like, as much as I didn't love the direction, and I say didn't love, because I don't hate it. I just don't love it. The direction they're heading with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is the only wrestler in WWE who, when he's a heel that turns face, is like, you know what? I'm sorry. I was a dick. Like, he's the only guy that acknowledges his changes to behavior. Instead of just coming out and being like, I'm a new person now. Um, but I, I really, really like stuff like that. And I think it's, it's a really good place to put Eddie because I think he probably will have a title shot against MJF. He was on MJF's list. Right. Um, but for, for a guy who doesn't need to be near a title because he's so good. It's also sometimes nice to have those guys near titles. Like, because in Eddie Kingston's head, the title does mean something to him and it's the only reason to be wrestling. So I think it's important to do stuff like that. And I feel like just because you have a great story and you have a title story, like it's okay to have those things overlap from time to time. Like you can hate Claudio who also happens to have the title. <laughs> like, that's a good thing. Um, and I think Eddie Kingston could do a lot of fun work in that match. I think they could make that a best of a best of three or at least two, like something that's going on. Right. Um, but I'm, I love ROH. I just, I love the brands. I love a lot of the wrestlers who got, um, who were being featured when it shut down. I love a lot of the wrestlers who I feel like are getting kind of underutilized in AEW that'll probably be working out of there. It's just really encouraging to see <laughs> that happen. Like it's, it's nice to see this finally getting lifted off the ground. Cause it's been like a year at this point. Yeah. I, I, so I'm excited. I, I, I am. I'm reading what I'm reading and I'm seeing the, the spoilers and uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk. We're not going to spoil anything else for now. Uh, we'll let everyone else enjoy it at their own pace. Um, but what I'm seeing is the crossover. Um, there are some wrestlers that are currently on AEW programming that are crossing over from, let's say, Dark over to Ring of Honor and maybe from Dynamite onto Ring of Honor. But I understand why they're doing that right now. And part of it is because they're trying to get the buzz out there, trying to get people invested in Ring of Honor. 
I look forward to when they figure out, okay, here's the hard line. This is who's going to be Ring of Honor specific and who's going to be just Ring of Honor adjacent. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think Stu Grayson comes back to ROH? I'm gonna I feel ask, like he'd be so good. Not that he's his keeper, but I'm going to ask Uno in a couple of weeks when I see him at uh, Greektown Wrestling in Toronto. Because he was he was on the Twitter. I know. He was upset at, uh, at Mox after that. Uh, he down. was. I feel like Stu Grayson as an ROH champion, an ROH pure champion, Stu Grayson really <laughs> intrigues me. I feel like that brand of wrestling for him could be really, really productive for both the brand and for him as a wrestler. Like that feels like such a win-win to me. So I'm I miss a- I miss him being on my screen. I just I love the guy. I love the guy. I'm also I'm curious as to what Stu's um intentions are in terms of like professionally what he wants to be doing. Like, with your daughter. With my daughter. <laughs> no. I'm, what are your intentions with my ROH? <laughs> what are your intentions with my promotion? But I I feel like he um as much as he loves wrestling, I don't know if it's something that he wanted to relocate to Florida for, for example. Sure. It's, like, again, I'm not going to speak for him, but uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that maybe he had other plans or that, you know, he maybe he still wants to come back. Maybe he still wants to be involved with AEW and Ring of Honor in this case. But uh, listen, seeing Stu Grayson work anywhere is good for me as long as he's getting paid, as long as he's enjoying himself. Like, that's cool. So I'll ask, I'll ask him. I'll ask Most you. important question of the night. I think you're cute and I'm perfect. I, uh, why do they capitalize the O? Is it because they thought it was an OnlyFans thing? Is this supposed to be? Oh, like- can we make money off this? I mean, we can. Like, Ryan Sullivan decided to toss us a super chat saying, <laughs> you can sing it because I'm not doing this. I would hold it for 500 days and I would hold it for 500 more just to be the chief who held it for. Over a thousand total at your door. Da 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 a, a job or whatever. Yeah, the day was fine. It's ten forty-five at night on the East Coast. Um, what are we? You're what? also on the East Coast. I know, but some people aren't in this chat. That's what I'm really getting at here. Oh well, suck it up, nerds. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. How, how much did you enjoy that Firefly Funhouse thing? Um, FNN fucking network news. I was mixed on it. It was refreshing to see something different. I felt like it was a little chaotic. <laughs> it was so funny. I love that part. Um, the weather being Uncle Howdy, I thought was pretty good. Um, was he trying to say that the weather outside is frightful? Is the weather outside frightful? <laughs> <laughs> the game show thing was fun. Yep. Um, it, it was refreshing to see something different. I just... Are we getting Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley at Mania? Because that feels weird. I still think they're going to do Wyatt and Howdy. I feel like they should. 
feel like they should. Do you take off that mask, the howdy mask, and, and you reveal it's brother, brother Ro? Nero. <laughs> I knew he'd you know what I mean? Like, do, do you take off do, and, and it's brother, it's brother Taylor or brother Bo? Do you do that? Do you, or do you ignore it and just be like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't know who this guy is. We never need to know. It's just. If you have a mask, you have to unveil it, I think. Do you, though? I, I think so. Um, or it should just be Bray Wyatt in, like, the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Yeah, well, that's fun. Maybe you do that. If it's supposed to be his demons personified, I think they need to be per- personified as something close to him. I don't think you say it's his brother, but I think it's Bo Dallas who is who is Uncle Howdy. Like, I, th- I think you bring back him as the man in the mask in a way. Um, if only it could have been William Regal. Oh, it'd be perfect. Or Excalibur. He'd be like, this is right why this is the Firefly Flathouse. Um <laughs> That's just what they just, that's what they're supposed to do. Regal and uh, Excalibur. I also sincerely don't think you can wrestle in that mask. That's an, that is a two costume movie of a mask. The Uncle Howdy mask? Yeah, right. So he's done moves in it. So clearly there's some sort of like mobility freedom. Has he done moves in it other than jumping? <laughs> no, he's done Sister Abigail. That, that's at least a flipping move. That's what, I'm saying like certain moves that like you have to move your head and like if you slide it back on the mask, <laughs> will you lose the mask? And in this case, it seems like he's been okay. Um, yeah, I see Louis saying if you ain't a luchador, you have to lose the mask. That's me being a gatekeeper. Yeah, well, here we are. Typical well, Louise. He's so pretentious. That's right. He's like, <laughs> I watch New Japan and CMLL Fantastica Mania. What did you Oh my god, I'm just so Louise. Just like the nicest dude in the world. He's a... <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> it does feel like you have to unmask him at one point. It does feel like you have to show who he is, but it also feels like the reveal is going to be wholly unsatisfying for most fans because uh, who remembers Bo Dallas? They're going to have. I to don't know if you remember Bo Dallas for to be Uncle Howdy. I guess is what I was trying to say before. Like I don't know if it needs to. I think it looking like him is cool because it's his demons. I don't think it has to be like remember the guy from the B team. Like, I don't think you have to bring back Bo Dallas. I think you have to bring in Uncle Howdy. Um, and Bo Dallas could be the guy to do it. I think what you could even do is bring him back and be like, my name's not Bo Dallas. My name it's is Curtis no, Axel. No, it's Bo. It's Bo Wyatt. I'm Bo's brother, Bray's brother, Bo. So That's I'll a fun be thing to Bo do. Bo and Bray Wyatt. They, the names work. It's a, and it, you can turn it into a, a can. And I'm a Mountain Dew salesman. Yes. All aboard the Mountain Dew Crystal. The Baja Blast. <laughs> Baja Blast. All aboard for the Baja Blast off. But that's oh what you God. do. That's what you do. I don't think it'll be re- hated regardless. I think that if you do it right, people will be invested, but you have to tell the right story. Kane and Undertaker style. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think... Bob Bo. Babo, it's perfect. It writes itself. That's fantastic. His demons have corporate synergy, and I like it. Um, yeah, I don't. But think I, about 
I like it when out and he he tells Bray, you know, he 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 passes the torch. So what do you do when you when Undertaker passes the torch to Bray? Well, guess what? You have to deal with the brother shit that Undertaker has to deal with now. That's just the transference. I like that. I feel like if you pass Bray Wyatt a torch, Randy Orton takes it from his hands and sets his cottage on fire. Well, yes, that's how it is. I just uh, cottage, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your cottage is code red. <laughs> Man's gonna have Mountain Dew money for the rest of his damn life. I love it. Yeah, I, that's probably the best way to go. I've said it this way. I like Bray Wyatt stuff when I feel like I don't know what's going on. I don't like it when I feel like they don't know what's going on. And after I feel like the stuff with LA Knight was so good in the beginning, and then it feels like they lost the plot, and that's where I checked out on it. Um, I think I'm actually more interested in what happens to Lawrence Atticus evening at this point. I want him to have a stone cold match. So bad. I don't hate that. He is the the quintessential. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. want to see that interaction. Yeah, yeah, Tonto. See, um, I gotta see that. That would right. Be, yeah, need it. I need love, it. Love, love. La Knight. Love Eli Drake. Love it all. I want that. I want Eli Drake. Sorry, La Knight. Yeah, to have his WrestleMania moment as it is. Let him beat Roman Reigns. I I really do. I don't know what the one off with. I'm hoping the Kofi Kingston stuff was a one off because I don't even know what you do to pull the numbers even on a New Day match. Um, I think Xavier Woods was injured with something super minor, uh, like a, a like a toe or something. I feel like. Well, he was um, in the so he's fine. Yeah, I, I think he's. And then he did the Vengeance Day match. I don't know. I don't want to see LA Knight pull someone else in to even up something against the New Day. I think him and Kofi was a one-off, but I I do think LA Knight is someone that they need to be building up because he. LA Knight in a mid card or a main title picture feels like he could do a lot of really, really good work with how strong he is on the mic. I feel like he does a phenomenal job of walking the line between real life and um, kayfabe. Like he said some really good stuff against Kofi on SmackDown of like, and where'd Kofi mania get you? And it teed up Kofi to say, Oh, winning the championship on the biggest stage of them all. But, like, that's great heel work because everybody kind of says, where did that actually go? Getting squashed by Brock Lesnar on a random episode of SmackDown, right? Um, uh, the first episode on Fox. Thank you. That's right. So I, I think he deserves it. I think it would be so much fun. Head of the dummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. Uh, Shock at 29. Let's, let, we'll pivot back to uh, ROH for a sec. Seeing the spoilers as much as I loved Edward. The women featured on these tapings have me more hyped. Absolutely. I I, I have questions about where they go um, from here after these tapings. But uh, no, so far they're, they're putting their best foot forward. That's for sure. And it's good to see Maria Canellis doing some work there as well. Hopefully that uh, transcends to backstage as well. Yes. Um, if you followed any of my stuff, you know I've sung her praises on how much she she just did great work with the women's tournament that they had led to Roxanne Perez now on NXT winning the, the women's title there. She's a part of the reason Willow Nightingale got super over. 
a lot of diversity in the women's tournament she built out. Loved seeing Max the Impaler in the women's tournament she built out. That was super fun. So um, also just glad to see her back. She had had that surgery that I think not a lot of people knew she had um, on her thyroid, I believe it was. So I'm, I'm just glad that she's able to. The only thing is she's just so hideous. Um, I don't know how we can bear to look at her on screen. She's hard on on the right. eyes. I think it's it's tough. Um, to it's all look that, at her. that red hair. It's all that red hair and her like perfect body or whatever that she managed to push kids out of. I don't know. I don't know. But shocking, uh. <laughs> shocking. I didn't know that Will had also echoed what we talked about earlier, but like that this is potentially a proof of concept for ROH to get wider TV. We kind of talked about that earlier, and that's that's where my brain is too. It just, once they get past that, that's when hopefully we start seeing the rosters um, level out and become more hard-lined. How do you think it competes with something as artistically sound and athletic as Power Slap? I think Power Slap will not last as long hot take really yes there was, i don't know if you saw the press release that warner released about uh power slap but they were like well aew is doing well and there's a big crossover between that and power slap and i was like no one would have crossed over well with aew fans put roh on true tv dum-dums yeah and practical jokers can take a 30 minute one hour two hour breather like it's like oh, mtv MTV has like ridiculousness every 30 yeah. minutes on the show. Bring back Wrestling Society X. Oh, that was such good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm seeing some of the messages I'm getting about us still being live, and it's very funny. From um, who? In the chat? or No, no, just once some DMs and some replies just popping up on my phone. Is one of them Sean? No, thank God. Sean, Sean doesn't <laughs> pay attention to us. It's Sean fine. doesn't care. He's just like, why did they go almost two hours on their show? Ah, who cares? <laughs> it's why this- is anybody surprised that I'm doing a two-hour show? <laughs> but someone said, they're like, oh, first time with Kate. I'm like, normally I keep Kate, but I, today I have the time. And because I, I felt so off this week. I did, I did Newsworthy with Jeremy. on. We, we film on Fridays. I think people have figured it out by now. But like, we filmed Friday morning. I was not great. I wasn't hundred percent. I was still foggy. Like this is my first day back online feeling better. So like, I'm here to good. talk. I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling okay again. So uh, I was like, yeah, we can talk more whatever. Sure. I was, I was planning on a 90 minute but you were like, no, nah, let's press through. I'm in. Yeah, we can make through. I, I don't know yeah. if we have else to talk about unless you want to start talking about NXT. Weirdly, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> you know what though? I will say this. Are they gonna ever call anyone up? Do you think? <laughs> do you think they're gonna ever call anybody up, or are we just gonna are we just gonna watch Alpha Fire, the longest reigning NXT Women's Champion in the UK, um, talk through a speaker with her friend? Could you imagine that? They just keep bringing people up to main event and be like, yeah, your turn's coming, your turn's coming. And then just Cameron Grimes in the background being like, <laughs> what they told me. Where's Roddy Strong? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Apparently the answer to that question is stop asking. I guess so. Dang. Yeah, exactly. 
First of all, I see people in the chat being like, this show should go four hours. I, I do watch alongs. It's the same shit. I got to keep a conversation going for four hours, but with six people. I have no, sincerely, no clue how you did two nights of New Japan when we did the Wrestle Kingdom watch along two years ago. Like, not this one, but the one before. I think I did two years in a row of that, too. Maybe. You're a maniac. I did one night and was like, I'm getting a brownie and going to bed. (laughs) I, I also just, I really looked forward to those shows uh it feels like everybody's on a field trip i always say because all the people who want to shit on wrestling are not staying up till three in the morning to do it eastern time you know what i mean yeah but here's the other thing too like i'm i'm a maniac when it comes to sleep like my (laughs) uh my my wife has been like super duper tired this week just dealing with baby and i'm also fine but um she she saw me like playing with the baby this afternoon while she was like lying down and just exhausted. And she's like, how do you have this energy? And I was just yeah. making him laugh. And I'm like, that's the only way that I get through the day is like, if, if I, he is my gasoline. If I hear him laugh, if I make him laugh, that's my energy. Let's go. Um, a awesome moment, but I, I just do, you I do walking Hallmark card. You son of a bitch. No, I'm not. <laughs> the longest run I did was when I interfered with you. <laughs> When Sean did the recounting of the punk story and when that all broke, that day was, I did like four other podcasts in the same day or something. I had a regular review and I was also on Rob and Maggie and I, I forget, but that was, I did like a, basically a full work day of, of just podcasts. And then WrestleMania weekend, I think I did seven shows in one weekend. Oh, Mania weekend was wild last year because it was, uh, NXT it was born. The kid was just born. Oh, that's right. And I was that's like, right. I'm going to go do the, uh, I'm going to go do the, the watch alongs. And Oh was- my God. Yeah. You were nuts. I did. Cause I did SmackDown and I did stand and deliver in both nights of mania. And because I'm an idiot, I, and this isn't a shot at them. I did. I booked myself for true heel heat that same weekend. Cause I'm dumb. No. And that show isn't short. Um, I love them. I would do it anytime. Probably shouldn't have picked that weekend to do it. But we did both. <laughs> I, just, I smacked down both media nights, stand and deliver that show, and a couple other things. But <laughs> so that was that was a sprint. But but the Wrestle Kingdom one still effed me up more than that whole weekend. I don't that know was, why. I was totally fine with that. Ella with the uh, Joel walking Hallmark card. Catch <laughs> the run sheet with Ella. He her. is the walking Hallmark card, Joel Pearl. There you go. <laughs> Uh, at the run sheet pod on Twitter, go follow us there and, and get, just look at the show. Look up why are you doing the podcasting thing? Just, I don't know why you're not on your phones, but let's just say you type with two hands. On your type, phone. Yeah. Why do you type like you're doing spirit fingers and cheerleading? Number one. Type the run sheet pod on your phone or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we do that too. And Ella's awesome. Um, Joel, when are we calling people up from NXT? Yes. We're back to that soon. It's scary if I'm the one keeping the show on track. You know, right? It's bad. Um, Post Mania, it feels like I think you and I talked about. Did you and I talk about this? The the Raw after Mania feeling coming back, bringing back after Mania. I'll say something that I really I don't think we talked about it, but one thing that I loved that Alex thought of would be to, and then Sean co-opted his idea a little differently, but he said, you have John Cena beat Austin Theory for the U.S. title, issue an open challenge, lose it to Braun Breaker the next day. That feels like a super fun idea. 
or or Carmelo, whoever you can you can plug anybody in there. But it does feel like everybody's kind of there's there's a certain number of people there that if you're not giving them a title shot, it just feels like they're spinning their wheels, like they're kind of cooked and ready to come up. And Indy Hartwell, for example. Yes, I think the Indy stuff got lost with the Dexter Loomis stuff. It felt like well, now Nikki was- Cross is hanging around there, which I like, but. Yeah. What does that mean for Indy? By the way, my interview with Nikki Cross is going to be absolutely hilarious, and you'll need to watch it. I heard she's evil and mean. Yes, and she likes Tim Hortons, which is just not, not no. <laughs> no it's, it's awful. Don't like Tim Hortons. Uh, she had really good stuff. Yeah, it, so here, okay, so I, I don't remember if you and I talked about it, but I'm, I talked about it with someone on a podcast. Um, Triple H's big years were the years where he was an active competitor during the raw after mania era where the raw after mania meant something big debuts, new storylines, the, the, the works the last couple of years, last few years, really it's been five or so um, hasn't lived up to the hype. I, I think, think especially with two night manias that that's yeah. killed it. Yeah. I think Paul's going to want to bring that back. <laughs> I think that's a feeling he's going to want to bring back because it's the biggest raw of the year. And what do you do? Jay white is an option. And I like that option. I don't know if you bring back the only reason I think people are talking about the Jay White thing is because the US of J gimmick that he was running when he was coming over and working. US J. Yeah, USJ. it's a good gimmick to have. Um, but Jay White's someone that I would introduce. Uh, Braun Breaker, yes, I think Carmelo Hayes still has some time down in XT because one thing we have to remember is that there's a tent pole there. There's still a business to run down there in that you need to do house shows. You need to sell not just the brand, but some of the wrestlers on the brand, but they are absolutely running into some wrestlers who are like, we can go. We, we, we don't need them. Like Roxy is, is great where she is now. Keep her there for a little while longer. Give her a couple more. Uh, she just turned 21. So give her a couple more years. I don't mean this in the, I mean this in the like, Give her time. No, it, it's it's like stupid that she's as good as she is at 21. What? Yeah, like <laughs> it's nuts. But like you think about how people are at, at certain ages and it's like it's it's tough to throw someone on the road at that age full time. Whereas right now, this may be the best place for her, despite how we might feel about her trajectory. I think there's sure. a reason to keep her down there. And plus the star power she could culminate you know, or cultivate down there. Um but, but what there, more are you looking from out of Zoe Starks, let's say? Right. So Zoe Stark, I would bring up 100%. Uh, Alba Fire is someone that with uh, pairing her with Isla Dawn is perfect because Isla Dawn didn't have the same gravitas or the same experience that Kaylee Ray, Isla Dawn, or Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire. John Alba Fire. Yeah. She's Alba Fire. She was Kaylee Ray. But I'm just saying in her, in her whole career, Isla Dawn doesn't have the same experiences these two together is a good opportunity to work with each other and benefit from each other to potentially Especially because tag. like women's tag teams are booked extremely well on American television in general, much yes. less WWE. The NWA, so it's just nice the to see. Specifically is doing a great job of that. Yeah. I, th- I can't wait to see them definitely not turn on each other in three fucking weeks. Fine by me. But if you do have a renewed sense to your women's tag team without just throwing them together and then breaking them apart, well, Dawn and Fire are a pretty good way to start. Um, who else is there that's sitting there? Cameron Grimes, of course, has been like everyone's guy for the last three years, which makes me laugh every time. To the moon. And back again. And then to yeah. the moon again. And then back again. Yes, yeah, sometimes you just go 
gotta go. I mean, who have we seen get called up other than LA Knight? Anybody? I'm trying to think of like the 2.0 and on era. Technically, Sophia Cromwell, but uh, who became uh, Maxine Dupree. Um, other than that, is there anyone? Dolph Ziggler <laughs> got called up. Called down, called up, called down, called mm-hmm. up. Uh, Champa, after a of like, yeah. it was a lot of back and forth. Johnny left, came back. Chase U coming up would be great, but I really think they want to keep building on Chase U as a, yeah. like a tent pole. Uh, not necessarily winning the tag titles, but being that team that people really like and people really want to buy tickets to go see. And I also think Duke Hudson has a really bright career ahead of him. And whether he they break this up with him coming out of it, I, I really, really think that guy has something special. Oh, I love this comment, by the way, from Dark Side. Dangers of going long is Joel's booking and the curse of them coming true. See ya. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> we should get out of here. It's been two hours. We, we kind of should. But I did I did want to ask you sincerely, like because I obviously go into great detail in singing and impressions every Tuesday, but like from a high level view, who's ready to go up and when and how like there are so many people that I thought were already gonna move up at this point. That I'm like, are they ever going to get called up? Kind of toxic attraction until they split up Gigi and JJ. Like, it seemed like you have a women's tag division that needs teams. No brainer. They're ready. But then they split them. So um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see when NXT Europe happens. Like, how things are going to filter in and out. Like, it's funny. The UK talent, Dragunov and Tyler Bate are people that you could easily call to the main roster tomorrow. Um so I guess where does developmental end and main roster start is kind of an a ambiguous thing, which has been the case for a while now. Yeah, it has. And the way that they're the way that they're positioning NXT Europe is we still have a ways to go, but yeah. we also have to sell the damn company. That's really what it comes down to. And and that's why, you know, I I like to think that some people say curse that guy in his takes. Because they're right sometimes. Well, they're right because sometimes I think about how this business runs. I don't think about how this creative runs. I think about how this how how, how the money comes. How this business runs. This yeah. This great sport. This yes. This this thing called wrestling. Pro wrestling. Anyway, this is fun. <sighs> I don't know if I want to do two hours every week, but uh, maybe. You're the one who pushed. I did. I pushed. <laughs> Hey, let's get out of here. Plug the stuff. Let's go. Hey, yeah. Uh, I have a real different show on Tuesdays <laughs> called Sour Graphs. We do the NXT post show. It's extremely silly. It's called Sour Graphs. Know what you're signing up for if you watch, please. But uh, we do that on the Fightful main YouTube. Also, Mondays doing the Raw Review with Alex Pulaski a Fightful Select. Wednesdays at the Mark Order Pod. Friday doing the AW Rampage and SmackDown show on the main, but you know what, Joel Gacy? You know what I'm most excited for coming up? Huh. What? I'm going to Excite Commentary, and you know what match I'm calling? Oh, I've heard rumors, but please confirm them on the show. LSG versus Bobby Fish. Uh, the combined age of both men is 728. Yeah, and LSG's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to do commentary about them to talk about these two up and coming rising stars in the industry. Um, But I am sincerely, I haven't been in the new year yet. 
back to Excite Wrestling. So that's coming up the weekend of March 4th, that Saturday. Um, you can catch that on twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling, X-C-I-T-E Wrestling, because we don't use vowels when we in pro wrestling. Come on, but very much looking forward to that. It's going to actually sincerely be a pretty good card. So check that out if you want to hear me make a fool of myself on commentary with a very good play-by-play announcer. And also, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's usually how it goes. Uh, and I'm Agile Pearl. What do I do on this side? I do stuff on Overbooked all the time, usually on the weekends. I've, I call myself the weekend drive guy at this point because I do a show. <laughs> every I do shows every weekend because I let the talent do their own thing during the week, and it's great. I just have to make the sure. The run sheet with the worst food take queen in the world, Ella J. Yeah, go follow at the run sheet pod. Uh, Thursday nights on the main Fightful channel doing the Impact Post Show with Crest Star. And of course, we do the uh, the Impact other shows that they do the the monthly paper the monthly specials and the quarterly pay per views. Um, I got nothing else to say, do I? Okay. Tim and I are going to a whole shit ton of wrestling shows in March, uh, so you'll hear a lot about that. And uh, the interviews that we did from Elimination Chamber are going to drop on the Fightful channel. Uh, God knows when, when Sean decides to drop them. So keep an eye out. There's some really, really fun ones in there. So, uh, you know, some, some, some people you really love and some people you're going to love even more after this. How's that? Okay. There you go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.